And it's playing. It's playing, yay. All right, so. Hi, folks, and welcome to. Genesis Avalon. I was behind Bruce, but that's okay. He'll talk in a minute. Genesis behind? Avalon. There he goes. Yeah, you were ahead of Bruce. Ahead of Bruce, just kidding. Yeah. Genesis Avalon, episode two. Episode two. Episode Trial two. run. Trial run. As Bruce just told you people, so you should already know that though, because you should have already listened to the episode before listening to the commentary. Otherwise, you're just silly. So, so here we go. This is episode two, and uh, this is where all the fun begins. Yeah. Episode one was like a cakewalk <laughs> in comparison to this episode. Well, you know, <clears throat> the title of episode one was that it was a prologue, and it it really felt like that after listening to this one. Good, because. Yeah, it wasn't supposed to be, like, originally it was supposed to be an actual prologue, and then I was like, I don't know why I called it prologue, right. and then tried to call something else episode one, that's weird. So, and this is, like, one of the most epic scenes ever. I'm actually quite proud of the transformation sequence. I was, you know, like I was going to mention that that was really, really awesome, and the first time I heard it, it totally gave me goosebumps, it was really cool. <gasps> Yay! You directed that's the, the that's crap the out of that. <laughs> And then there's Marley Norton again as Z being awesome. And like I say, every time, every episode that Marley's ever given me lines, most of her lines are ad-libs because she just gets into character so well. And I think this is one of the ones where she was like, you're going to be lame. But, um, yes. So I don't want to, like, talk over the transformation because it's made of awesome sauce. Yeah, but they already heard it, and they can listen to it over and over again, That's clear, true, all yeah. by itself, you know, so. You should talk That's about, because I'm sure that must have been a buttload of work to put together. Um, yes, it was. Uh, I had done the transformation, like, when I mixed the episode the first time around, mm -hmm. but it was much more, um, I hate to say it, it was much more Sailor Moonish. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of the sound effects were very tinkly. Right. And... I realized real quick that that was not what I wanted. I wasn't happy with it the first time I did it three years ago, and so I thought about it again, and now that I have the giant sound effects library that I have, thanks to being a director for Pendant, um, I had was able to look through things and found a lot more stuff that was much more powerful and, like, actual energy bursting forth, and that was what I wanted to give off, was that it's the kind of transformation where you just, I mean, you see energy blow through the room. It's not one of those, you know, kind of things where, you know, you imagine, you know, multicolored girls and ribbons everywhere. It's not that kind of a thing. So It um, sounds pretty badass, I have to say. Yay. It's the first time I've ever heard a transformation sequence described as badass since He-Man. So that's pretty awesome. Um, but, um, so do you just have one file for that now? Is like that any time <coughs> she transforms, or just you, you can just use the same standard sound effect file? Or are you going to, like, remix it slightly different each time? I have a standard sound effect file that is the whole layered transformation, mm -hmm. but I also have in a, a notepad file that I keep the order of all the effects mm -hmm. and which what the effects are, right. so that if I do decide that I want to remix it a little or change it up, I do have everything in order, so it's easier just to pull it and redo it, but it didn't take so long after I got it down the first time. Yeah. And I've done it, you know, I mean, she transforms lots of times. It's not like this is the only time she ever does it. <laughs> so you will hear it sometimes in full length, sometimes shorter, all sorts of stuff. So um, 
But the first time, I, 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 like, agonized over it. I was like, this has to sound perfect. I have to find the right music. Everything's going to be right. Get away from me. Okay. But I guess that's why the show seems <clears throat> You might, yeah. I don't know, you might hate me for saying this. You might not even know what I'm talking about. But okay. when I, I, I do think the tra transformation scene is really, really badass. But it also vaguely, kind of a little bit, reminds me of the opening to the Ali G show. Did you ever see that? Oh my god! It sounds like, like there's a long time ago. It sounds a little bit like there's a whole bunch like whatever her her hero costume is. You know, it sounds like it's like flying onto her or something. Maybe that's just in my head because I the sound effects just were similar because on the Ali G show he stands there in all of these gangster clothes yeah. fly out and dress him. So well, I, it's okay. It's alright <laughs> to say that because um I don't I don't hate you for it. It's alright. Oh well, that's uh, good. But part of why I did the transformation the way I did was that I wanted people to say that they thought of different things. Like, I think it's cool that you think of clothes flying onto her. Personally, I think of clothes, like, like her actual clothes ripping off of her and then energy kind of just, like, sparking onto her and forming the new, the new uniform. Mm -hmm. Anybody can have any number of things, and I'm totally okay no, with that. No, that makes way I more sense than what I was thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, you know, I wanted to mention, though, I thought also it was really cool that both Laura and, uh, Laura Post and Chris Hackney changed their voices for their different forms, and I really liked that. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that was something that, like, when I first cast... Like, I, I think I told the story last time, but I'll tell it again. When I first cast Laura as Avalon, it was because I listened to Batman's No Man's Land, and I heard her voice as Oracle and realized that was the voice of Avalon, and that was the voice I wanted for Avalon. But I wasn't sure if that was the voice I wanted for Jaina. So I let Laura play, and she came up with a much more young, lighthearted kind of Jaina to start out with. Mm -hmm. And then you have Avalon, the warrior. And then for... Chris, actually, the whole thing with Noir is funny because when Chris and I first started working together, I had him play Noir as just the cat, and then I wanted this powerful panther. I mean, I wanted a different voice. I told him to change it. Mm -hmm. And he was the one who came up with this really low, deep growl right. that's very throaty. And I think the first time around, I told him I didn't like it. And now that I've worked with it for <laughs> so long, every time he sends me lines that are not that, I'm like, fix it! Go back to the growl! <laughs> Because I'm a picky director who's bipolar, apparently. <laughs> no offense to bipolar people. Um, and then, yeah, so that was her first little fight, and it feels so tiny, and then you realize what comes later on in the episode, and you're like, oh, no, that's the, yeah, there's a lot of fighting in this episode. Always a then, joy to direct. Fights. Uh, <laughs> I love fight scenes. They're amazing. <laughs> But yeah, so. Oh, Julian, I heart him. He is, he is, oh, I love Julian. He's such a smarmy jerk. <laughs> he does have a, a bit of smarm to him, yes. Yeah, and it was one of those things where I cast Trent, because, like, he auditioned, and I had this character up, and, like, I was expecting people to give me, like, you know, typical anime lead guy, because a lot of it was the VAA, mm -hmm. and a lot of the original productions are still anime-based. Right. So you get a lot of people who clearly are going to go into voice acting, like, for Funimation or something. So, and then I got him, and I was like, dude, you don't sound like your typical voice actor. You sound like a real person, and that's what I think I liked about him. Was <laughs> you sound like a like real a person, not a voice actor. Nice, cat. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> but, you know... He he just 
you know, I think part of it is that the reason why I like Trent's voice so much is he doesn't try to sound like Julian. He sounds like himself. And that's what kind of brings Julian to life. And Trent, i got to give him credit. He and I have worked for so long, and he, when he first started, um, he will be the first to tell you that his line sucked. Um, <laughs> he He's had a very long journey into becoming the actor he is, and a lot of it has had to do with the fact that he has constantly pushed himself for my show, and I have to thank him for that because he could have easily phoned it in or just decided that, he wasn't going to try, but he would always send me emails going, hey, was this okay? Was this not okay? Do you want me to redo it? And I'll be honest, there have been times where I've actually sent back an entire thing of lines and go, this isn't Julian, do it again. Mm. So um, he is, he's a trooper. And this is like just barely, barely scratching the surface of seeing Julian. I mean, you see him again in this episode, and then episode three is where you really get a look into Julian's life, and you realize just how much of a dweeb he really is. <laughs> And then poor Jaina wakes up the next morning going, oh, so this is what a superhero feels like. I hurt everywhere. <laughs> She's yelling at Noir. I just, I love the fact that she sits there and yells at this cat at the edge of her bed. He just kind of sits there like, what? <laughs> yeah, I think anybody who's a cat owner, though, has experienced that moment. Whether they can talk or <laughs> yes. not, you know. And Noir's telling her off now. And I think it's funny because I was watching... Okay, so funny story about Noir. I was watching Hocus Pocus the other day. Which, for anyone who probably is seeing where this is going, shh, don't beat me there. Um, so I was watching Hocus Pocus the other day, and I realized that the, ki- like the guy who plays Thackeray Banks, the, the black cat in Hocus Pocus is Sean Murray, who's McGee on NCIS, for any NCIS fans out there. Um, and I realized that like his accent is exactly what Chris uses to play Noir, which is awesome for spoilerific reasons I can't give away for, like, a while. But um, it's really cool to know that, like, I accidentally cast someone to sound like Thackeray Banks in one of my favorite kids' movies of all time. Yeah, I have no idea what you just said, but I'm just smiling and nodding, <laughs> so it's Okay. <laughs> Aw, you don't know what Hocus Pocus is? That's sad. But I guess it would be a little bit after your time. It was was from, like, when I was a kid, so it's a little after your time. Like, like I watched it when I was, like, eight, I think. Mm. So it's got Bette Midler in it and Sarah Jessica Parker and uh, and moving on. This is your your big debut scene in your own show here. (laughs) I, I, yeah, I don't talk about it, sorry. Um... The only reason I'm playing her is because she has to know more than any other character in the show. She knows everything. She's been through it all. Like, all the, sp- the history you find out later on, all of the things that happen. Asara is that one character who already knows about it all. And at the time, I just didn't know if I could find anyone who could kind of capture that sense of actually knowing what was going on. Unless I was like to tell them every single spoiler. Mm. So... I wound up playing Asara, and um, I've just stuck with it since then, because at first I was like, oh, maybe I'll recast her, and then I was like, you know what, I actually kind of like playing her, and I still think that, I don't know if there's anyone else I could ever hear as her in my head, (laughs) so, sounds weird, and I hate casting myself in anything, I feel like it's a selfish thing to do, so that's why I'm like, don't talk about Asara, let's move on, (laughs) but, um, 
She's a cool character, though. Asara is a very awesome character. She is an awesome she was character, the, yeah. She was the Asara. It was the Asara. She was the Avalon right before Jaina. Mm-hmm. So she's the reason Jaina gets the medallion when she does. I mean, not directly. It's not like Asara went, Here, Noir, take the medallion, go give it to this kid. Um, she just, she was the last one, and she messed up big time. And so the... Yeah, it didn't work out well. <laughs> Do we find out more about her, her mess up or whatever later on? Yeah. Um, don't don't give it all away. You know, I'm just. Well, no. Starting episode four, hints start to get dropped. But I'll be honest right now and say that you will not get to know Asara's full history throughout the first three seasons. <laughs> you don't get the full thing. Oh, it's a long. The, it, that's a long haul. Whew. Yeah, and it's going to be constant little hints here and there, but you just you don't get to hear it all. Tough. Sorry, people. I, hey, I know. I mean, but wait till season four. <laughs> come back. If you want to know, you all come back in, in 2013, and you'll find yeah, out. really. <laughs> I mean, there's bits and pieces that get dropped, enough for you to figure out vaguely what happened, but um, part of it is that because it's Jaina's story, I didn't want to take too much of it away by going into this whole, oh, what happened to Asara? Right, <laughs> right, right. Shane has got enough on her plate. <laughs> I'm sure you'll be able to do that because I don't think But um it's kind of cool. I, I do like the way I wrote this scene though, only because Jaina gets to see all the things that she could possibly do in the future. Mm-hmm. And she just kind of stands there like she's catching flies with her mouth because she's like, "Uh, <laughs> I can do the hum and a what with a thing and the ha." Huh? <laughs> she's just like, "I can't do that. No. I know you think I can do that, but I really can't." So feels really weird to be talking over myself talking. I only do that with Zarina. <laughs> I'm listening because I don't... I forgot where we were. Because I was talking. I like the music in this scene a lot. It really... It was really good fit with the mood. I wish I could remember what piece it is, but of course it's a Kevin MacLeod piece. But, um... I... I really like picking music for this show. Like, it's one of those things where I, I will, like, I've had the scripts written forever, so now it's just a matter of putting it all together, and it's really cool when I find a piece of music that I'm like, oh, this is exactly what I thought about two years ago when I wrote the script. <laughs> and I like, I like the pieces in the background here, because I tried to make sure that because of the fact that Asara was the last Avalon, I use as much Celtic music mm. as possible. Because, I mean, it makes it right. makes sense, so. But, um. Oh, the shield. I love shields. They're cool. Whoosh, whoosh. Where'd you get all those whooshy noises? There's a lot of whooshy noises in a this show. Of, <laughs> um, a lot of the, like, the, like the shield uh-huh. whoosh and the energy blade blasts and a lot of her actual fireballs and stuff that she's, the energy blast she sent out. I have accumulated... Over the last four years of, like, you know, going to sound dogs and finding random fireball noises and energy blast. Like, it's weird what happens when you type in free energy blast sound effect on, like, Yahoo. <laughs> I have found stuff I never, I wouldn't even know where to find it if I lost it. No idea. I hope you've made backups. Oh, yeah, there's, like, six or seven backups of all the sound effects. So... <laughs> But I mean, and I will say this though, um, a lot of things have been pretty consistent throughout the show, like the blast used for when she shouts Kernunos, the blast used when she 
summits or energy blades for shield. Those three things have been pretty consistent. I've you know I've always made sure to use the same mm -hmm. sound effect. But uh, I will be the first to say that I forget what reverbs I put on people for whether or not it's a transformation or a power or this mm -hmm. or that. And I finally, like, episode six, I finally was like, I'm writing it down so I don't <laughs> Good forget. Good idea. Because up until then, there's, like, random times where I'm like, that's not the same reverb. But it still sounds really cool, so we need to use it. <laughs> and then here's a little hint of the Noble Race theme for all you music geeks out there as, mm -hmm. as the little you know transmit transmission transition there we go between scenes okay now I wanted to ask you this scene okay. right you have these names okay Roxanne Dawes and Julian Alexander is it just me or are those just combinations of Star Trek characters and actors <laughs> Good job! <laughs> oh my god! The first thing that came into my mind when I heard them, I'm like, wait a minute. Roxanne Dawes is my homage to my favorite actor right. in Voyager, Roxanne Dawson. Roxanne Biggs Dawson, and, um, yes. And Julian yep. Alexander being and Dr. Bashir, yes, on DS9. Mm -hmm. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. <laughs> Did I miss any? Is there, is there another right. one in there that I've missed that I didn't pick up on? Um, I'm trying to think. I don't think there is in this <laughs> You're saying season, there's more coming. Season, well, season four is a very, like, okay, season four is, like, it's a very different story arc from seasons one to three. Um, but season four has a character who's, like, definitely another Star Trek homage. <laughs> Shut up. Don't, don't judge me. Hey, I, I'm not judging. I'm, I'm a big Trekkie, so that's how I picked up on that. <laughs> that's awesome, though. I was like, you know, Jeffrey would be the one to pick up on Roxanne Dawson's homage yeah, there. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but no, Ro Roxanne Dawson always in my head has been like my version of Roxanne Dawson. Because, you know, nobody's cooler than Balana as far as female Klingons go. In my head, anyway. Except maybe Bergruja, but that's because I'm being paid to say that because Chris is in the ah. <laughs> And if I don't say that, I'm in trouble. But back on task. <laughs> And then I have Tanya, your stereotypical girlfriend. That's actually she's actually based off of a friend of mine, Meckle. <laughs> I think every writer's done that at some point, based a character or several of them off of, you know, people they've known or or at least they share a bunch of similar traits or something. Yeah, I mean like, um Z is based off of one of my old college roommates very much in mannerisms and dialogue and just like especially in the fact that um my old roommate Zoe was very original with the swear words she would come mm. up with to avoid actually having sound like like she's the person who came up with ass clown for me and uh, that one makes it into a different episode of Avalon but she you know she would just come up with the weirdest stuff and so like that's one thing that I have that Z does is that her like her insults for people are never the norm they're just random like like mixing of different insults that you wouldn't think mm -hmm. go together um, and then. Natalie and Roxy aren't really based off of anyone in particular, but they both have features of some of my, you know, my friends from college right. and stuff. And then, um, and then, of course, Dr. Matthews is based off my mom. So <laughs> with Convenient. Reason. So that's a little, yeah, convenient enough. It's, it's really great. Um, <laughs> um, 
I think that's it, though, as far as, like, characters that I remember basing off of my friends. Z was the big one. And that's only because Zoe has such a, a great personality that I was like, I can't help but use that. That was a killer scream there. That was a stock scream, too. <laughs> well, whoever recorded it on uh, that stock sound website, she did a yeah. fine job. That was pretty awesome, yeah. Although I will say this, though. Tracy Hall has done some awesome screams for me as Roxy, so, you know. She's really good. Like, she's got a couple more times where Roxy, you know, gets in danger, and she does a really good job. In fact, she's called me to get coaching and then swore at me at the same time <laughs> to make her do it. That's fun. And this is Chris Being Britton all creepy and spooky. As, as the creepiest villain ever. As Obsidian. You know. Oh my god, he's so creepy. But it's awesome. He's... And then I used the heartbeats because I couldn't think of any other music to use. And I was like, oh, no, no, no music. Heartbeats. He's, he's like <laughs> creepy with an underhint of sleaze, which I think makes it even creepier, you know? <laughs> and, with like, and with like some sexy to it as well, because it's Chris Britton. And he's got like a really good voice. I, I mean, like, I'm just, you don't have to say anything, Jeffrey, just let me get it out. <laughs> I, I'm not going to disagree with you. I think he's got a fine voice. I cast him, you know, in Dixie many yeah. years ago. This is true, yes, as, you know. And then, but yeah, I mean, like, oh, and this is, like, only, like, the first scene you hear Obsidian. He just gets cooler from here. But, um, I really do like the way that Chris plays him, because he just plays him like, you know, like, you can just hear the words dripping off his mouth, and I'm like, uh, you must need, like, a handkerchief to wipe off the spit after every cake. <laughs> And then here's the, the theme again dun, underneath dun, dun. as we get ready for Avalon's first huge battle. I love that theme. It's very nice. Because I'm a dork. Yeah. And then there's fighting! <laughs> Woo! Poor Jaina. I think she crashes into like... I'm going to have to start keeping a crash count. <laughs> See how many times she gets beat up in one episode. I do know that Laura used to email me after reading scripts and go, great, so it's rain on Laura. It, it's just like it's rain crap on Jane today. Thank you. How many times did I get oh, beat up today? I'm listening because I like the scene so much. <laughs> Poor Avalon's like, what in the hell is this shit? Who do I call? What god do I know? You couldn't give me a gun, a rifle, <laughs> a bomb, something more helpful. Rumble, 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 rumble! Big amount of energy. <laughs> Oh, these silly brand so new superheroes. Funny. They don't know how to do anything. <laughs> Freaking novice. Actually, the funny story is, is like, originally, 
when I did this version of episode one, it was huge because I had so much narration. Mm. And then I decided to cut it all because I was like, nah, I think the audience is smart enough to not need narration for everything. Um, which wound up making, like, originally after Asara tells Jaina to go upstairs, like, there was actually, like, another minute of dialogue, but half of it was narration. And I was like, this is silly. Why did I wrap this here? I'm just going to wrap it in this cool spot right here. But, you know, that's what happens when you write a script four years ago, and then you keep writing. Four, and then four years later, you look back at that first script and go, what was I thinking? Oh, but now we're at the end of the episode. That went fast. Because there's your voice. It did go fast. And I thought we'd have more time to talk Aww. again. But clearly, no. But, um... So that is episode Yay! two! Ladies and gentlemen, and I am aware that I am talking past the com past the episode. You will just suck it up. Yeah, well, we should we should probably, <laughs> you know, stop. So the episode we, we were talking yeah. about is stopped. So I think that would only be fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, come on back. Yes, you people. better listen. We're episode next three. Month, episode three, the limelight, and uh, we'll catch you guys later. Bye bye. bye.